Canto Seven, Chapter Eleven, The Perfect Society, about the four social classes and the woman. Sri Shuka said, after having listened to the story about him, Pralada, the most important of all great devotees, him, the master of the Daityas, who was so faithful to the Lord who covers the world in a single step, he, who is discussed in the assemblies of the saints, Yurishthira, greatly pleased, again asked the son of Brahma, Narada, questions. Sri Yurishthira said, O great Lord, I would like to hear about the Sanatana Dharma activities, the eternal common duties of our human society that belong to the order of the status orientations of Varnashrama by which the common people find a better life. You, O fortunate soul, are directly the son of our original father, the supreme person within this universe, Lord Brahma. One considers you, O Brahmin, the best of all his sons because of your austerity, yoga and meditation. Among those devoted to Narayana, you are the sage conversant with the most confidential and supreme aspect of Dharma. There is no devotee as merciful, exalted and peaceful as you are. Sri Narada said, I offer my obeisances to the Supreme Lord, the Unborn One, who defends the Dharma throughout the universe. I will expound on Sanatana Dharma as I heard it from the mouth of Narayana. He who, begotten by Dharma Maharaj in the womb of Daksha's daughter Murti, descended as Narayana along with a part of himself, Nara, executes, even today, for the benefit of all people, austerities in Badarikashrama. O King, the mind, the body and the soul, find their full satisfaction in Bhagavan, the Supreme Lord, who is the essence of all Vedic knowledge, the root of all Dharma, and the remembrance of those versed in that what is called the science of devotional service. Truthfulness, compassion, austerity and cleanliness with the Vidi, tolerance, discrimination, composure and continence, non-violence, celibacy, generosity and study of the scriptures, sincerity, contentment, and to serve the holy souls in Yama and Niyama, gradually cutting with that what is unnecessary, and to be of gravity in avoidance of empty talk, self-search, to share food and drink with all beings, and to consider everyone first of all a part of God, O Pandava, to listen and to sing, as also to remember Him who is the shelter of all the great souls, to attend, to worship and to propitiate, to be a servant, to be a friend, and to be of surrender in Bhagavata Dharma, to possess all the thirty characteristics as described, constitutes the supreme of Dharma that pleases him, the soul of all, O King. They who, because of their prolonged reconsideration, are led by the spiritual instructions of the unborn Lord Brahma and his teachers, are called twice-born souls, dvijas, who, pure by their birth and activities, are of worship, are versed in the scriptures and give charity. They are expected to behave according to the status of their age-bound spiritual departments or ashramas. For the Brahmins, 
There are the six duties of studying the scriptures and so on, to teach, to worship, to lead sacrifices and to give and receive charity. And for the rest, the other occupations, there are the same six minus the duty to accept charity. The means of livelihood of the rulers, the kshatriyas, who maintain the people, consists of levying taxes and such, like customs, duties and fines, from persons who do not belong to those motivated from within, the Brahmins. The Vaishyas, the merchants, are to be engaged in their occupational activities of farming and trading and should always follow what the Brahmins teach, while the Shudras, the laborers, for their livelihood have to accept the three types of twice-born souls as their masters to serve. There are next to teaching, leading sacrifices and accepting charity four different types of livelihood for the learned Brahmin. To subsist on what is achieved without asking for it, Shalina, on what one obtains by begging, Yayavara, on what one finds left behind in the fields, Shila, and on that what is not wanted by others in shops and markets, Unchana. The latter means of these are better than the former. Without a good reason, the lower classes must not desire to subsist the way the higher classes do, but, in times of emergency, anyone, except for the ruling class, may take to the means of livelihood of any other class. Rita, honest or courageous, is what one calls subsisting on what remained in the fields, etc. Amrita, sustainable or nectar, is called subsisting on what was obtained without asking. One speaks of merita, finality of engagement, when one asks for what one needs, while it is called pramrita, or cultivation, when one subsists on tilling one's own field. It is called satyanrita, simultaneously true and untrue, when one trades, but when Brahmins and Kshatriyas, versed in the Veda, in subordinate positions, have to serve the lower classes, one speaks of Shwavriti, or doggery, an engagement that must be given up, for the Brahmins represent all Vedic knowledge, and the rulers embody all the gods. With Lrita or Amrita, one can live, and one can even live with Pramrita and Satyanrita, but one can never reconcile with a life like that of a dog. The Brahmin is known for his control of the mind and senses, his penance, cleanliness, satisfaction, forgiveness, straightforwardness, spiritual knowledge and compassion, the perfection of his service to the Lord, the true self, and his truthfulness. Ekshatriya makes his mark by his fighting skills, by his bravery, and by his resolution, strength, charity, restraint, forgiveness, faithfulness to the Brahminical command, his kindness and his love of truth. A Vaishya is characterized by his devotional service unto the God-conscious souls, the Guru and the Infallible One, for his practicing the three virtues of Dharma, Artha and Kama, his piety and his constant effort and expertise. The Shudra is known for his obedience, cleanliness, service to the Master who maintains him, his single-mindedness, willingness to make sacrifices without further prayers, truthfulness, his protection of cows and Brahmins, 
and the virtue not to steal. A woman, in divine respect of her husband, will, always following him in his vows, be of service to her husband, be eager to please him, and be well disposed towards his friends and relatives. By means of cleaning, mopping and decorating, running her household, and personally dressing up nicely in always clean garments, a woman should chastely and modestly answer to the small and great desires of her husband and be in control of her senses and her speech, be truthful, pleasing and loving, and regularly prove her respect for her husband. With contentment, freedom from greed, skill, conversancy with dharma, pleasure, speaking the truth, attentiveness, purity and affection, she should honor her husband for as long as he is not fallen in being guilty of murder, theft, addiction, adultery or complicity in crime. When a woman meditates upon her husband as being the supreme personality, she is of the same service as the goddess of fortune. In her devotion, thinking of Hari, she enjoys with her husband his spiritual abode of Vaikuntha, just like Lakshmi. The livelihood of those who were born from mixed marriages and who are considered lower or have been marginalized should not consist of stealing and other forms of sinning, but should correspond to the respective family traditions. O King, when the occupational duty, the Dharma, is in accordance with someone's societal position, that is, in every age, Yuga, by the seers of Vedic knowledge recognized as generally being auspicious for both one's present life and the life hereafter. When one, for one's livelihood, abides by the activities belonging to one's professional engagement, one can, in gradually putting an end to the karma that resulted from one's own nature, attain the nirguna state transcendental to the operating basic qualities of nature. But a field over and over cultivated may, being exhausted, fall barren, having become unsuitable for further harvesting so that seeds sown are lost. The same way, a mind full of lusty desires, enjoying over and over the objects of desire, may at some point be unable to enjoy any further and thus become detached, O King. Just think of small drops of ghee that may be lost in a sacrificial fire, but all part at once may extinguish it. And so, if one happens to see a person behave according to symptoms described above that belong to another class than his own, that person consequently has to be treated accordingly. In other words, when, for example, someone behaves like a Brahmin, he must be respected like a Brahmin. <laughs>